stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Now, by the way, this, this next case really is about freedom of religion. But as an aside, <laughs> maybe this will bother people. I, I don't think you, you need religion to, to view the concept of the Easter Bunny as really, really kind of silly. Um, dumb, even, frankly, to be honest. I've never understood it. Never understood the, the whole point of it or, or why children would believe in that. Or why you'd want them to. Anyway, but that, that's, that's just a, a personal kind of parenting thing for me. But look, there are some serious issues at play here, but that's what this case came down to. And the fact that the Easter Bunny seems like such a silly and trivial thing sort of underscores how outrageous this decision was in the first place. Look, I'm, I mean, I'm not religious. That's fine. I'll put that on the table. That's probably no secret to anyone who listens to the show. But obviously, religious people and non-religious people have rights. You have freedom of belief, freedom of conscience. If we don't want religious people fostering children... Well, that's a whole lot of kids who aren't going to have homes to live in. Of course, we want religious people to foster children. We need people to step up and make that sacrifice to help give children going through turmoil some kind of stability, some kind of safe place that they can call home to give them some love and attention, what they so desperately need. And is it really worth taking all of that away over something as stupid as the Easter Bunny? Well, apparently so. So an absurd decision a few years ago in Ontario has now been righted by a court decision in that same province. Here's the story from the Canadian press. An Ontario court says a couple's charter rights were violated when the Children's Aid Society of Hamilton took away girls they were fostering because the pair refused to tell the children that the Easter Bunny is real. Decision released this week says Francis and Derek Barr's freedom of conscience, religion, and expression were violated when the girls aged three and five were taken away, their foster home closed. The Bars, who describe themselves as a Christian couple with strong religious faith, argue that telling children in their care that the Easter Bunny is real was a violation of their religious beliefs. Again, by all accounts, these were caring, loving attentive foster parents. There was no issue beyond this silly Easter money thing. So finally this week, some vindication for them. Joining us to talk about all of this, this whole ordeal, the decision this week is the aforementioned Derek Bars. Uh, Derek, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. And thanks for making time for me. All right. What was your reaction uh, to the ruling this week? First of all, well, we certainly feel vindicated. We being my wife, Francis and me and, Uh, We're very, very thankful for the judge's ruling. And in back of that, we uh, we see the hand of God answering the prayers of many people who let us know that they were praying about this situation. Now, since this this case come up, you were were foster parents. Obviously, then once uh, the Children's Aid Society stepped in, you were no longer able to be. But now that this has been cleared up, is it possible or would you like to be foster parents again? We'd like to be adoptive parents if all is well, and we've begun that process, and uh, there were no roadblocks so far. We're just waiting for a worker to be assigned to us, so if anybody from CAFS is listening, uh, please do what you can to expedite the process. Right, and, and just so we're clear, you, you had lived in Ontario at the time. You've since moved to, to here in Alberta. 
Yes, we had yeah. time in Calgary, and now we're living in Edmonton. Okay. Uh, so let's go back then to, to this case. And obviously, the Children's Aid Society, if you're going to be foster parents, they, they got to look into you. They got to have an idea of who you are. So they certainly knew that you had religious beliefs, right? Yes, their records indicate this. We were explicit about what we were and what we were not prepared to do for the children in our care. Right. And I mean, it's about looking after these kids. As the court said this week, you were promoting the children's well-being. You were operating with the children's best interest in mind. You were complying with the biological mother's request. So by all accounts, you were excellent foster parents. So why did they step in? That's the question. Uh, they said that it was a cultural need that the children learn that chocolate eggs came from the Easter Bunny and that gifts uh, that arrived at Christmas time came from Santa Claus. And we have a no lying policy. We promised that we would not lie to the children and we would not accept that it, if the children lie to us. Right. And so it, that, that clashed with your belief that you were not going to tell the children something that wasn't true. That's correct. And we were told that if we did not tell the children uh, these lies, that our home would be shut down, that the, the children would be removed, and that we would not be permitted to foster any other children. And uh, the court record also indicates the, uh, the paths forward we suggested in terms of having the children receive respite care at another location over the Easter weekend. Uh, if indeed these were the, the mother's wishes, we, we respected that, even though we couldn't fulfill them ourselves, but the agency would not go along with that. It was either their way or no way at all. And uh, my wife asked, could we not have uh, toddlers and infants as we were desirous to foster um, since Easter Bunny and Santa Claus aren't part of their world and the agency wouldn't go along with that either? Wow. Uh, and it seems like such a, a trivial thing. I mean, as, you know, as the courts put it, is it more important to have the Easter Bunny or permanency, right? I mean, is it more important for the children to have some stability or to, to have this day where they, they believe in the Easter Bunny and why they made such a big deal of this? Do, do, we, do we have any clarity on that? No. I, uh, I suggest that line of questioning, uh, should you or anybody else want to follow up with the agency. I'd like to know why as well. Yeah. Uh, so just and, and back to the biological mother, then, as, as far as you're aware, this wasn't something that she was insisting on, that, that this is so important to, to, to these children that it has to be a part of their life. Was, was that coming from her? Not at all. There's absolutely no evidence from the biological mother that there was any, any such requirement. As, as a matter of fact, uh, there, there were notes in the agency file that the biological mother was very thankful for what we did for her children for Christmas. And there was not a word about the Easter holiday, even though the agency raised it back in on January 6th. And if memory serves, uh, Easter fell something like middle of April. Mm-hmm. And what was that that like once the Children's Aid Society made the decision uh, to remove the children from your home to, to essentially blacklist you as, as foster parents or potential adoptive parents, what, what kind of impact did that have on you? Well, we were surprised. We were trying to work through the reality of what they were saying, that this was so important that we would actually be shut down and that the children would be removed. And 
meanwhile, we were trying to hold things together and, and keep this information from the girls while we had them. I mean, this, this was going on, these conversations were going on over a matter of months. We were shut down in early March, and as I say, it was around January 6th when this was first mentioned by the agency. So and there was certainly deep sadness for us when, when we were shut down and when the girls were taken so suddenly. We didn't know where they were. We didn't know if they were together. We didn't know what was going on. We couldn't tell them where they were going, and we didn't fully explain to them why they were being taken. So these, these were difficult things to go through, and we don't wish them upon anyone else. Well, yeah, no kidding. And, and look, I mean, as the court has made clear this week, your charter freedoms were, were violated here. You did nothing wrong, but you're faced with that tough decision. Do you, do you compromise on your beliefs that I, I guess that would have been one way of getting the Children's Aid Society off of your back? Did, did you face that dilemma? Um, we decided we were not going to compromise in that way. And perhaps if, if I can put this in a way that would be meaningful for you, if if somebody were to tell you there's a message that you must say, a message that you fundamentally disagreed with, or your broadcasting license would be pulled, perhaps that's an analogous situation. Right. Well, and then that, that comes back to the issue at hand here, that we're talking about what the Charter establishes, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, uh, and, and those rights apply to you, they apply to me. Precisely. And the, uh, the agency, hopefully the agency will learn that they need to balance those rights. Indeed, the, the biological parents have rights, the, the children care have rights, but the foster parents and the adoptive parents have rights, and it's the duty of the government to protect those rights too. Yeah. Well, an important decision this week, and, and I'm glad finally some common sense has prevailed here. People can read more about uh, the case, the background of this case, uh, the ruling itself at jccf.ca. That's the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, and I believe they were representing you in this case, correct? Yes, and they did a fine job, if I say so myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Derek, all the best to you, and um, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thank you. All right, there you go. Derek Bars, um, now foster, former foster parent, hopefully now future again foster parent, maybe even adoptive parent. Right, Because this is important, very important to him and his wife. So they had done nothing wrong here. right? And so that's what's so bizarre about this case. The Children's Aid Society of Hamilton is the agency in question. Obviously, look, if anyone's coming forward to be a foster parent, and people who've gone through it can certainly attest to, everything you got to go through, all the questions you got to ask, everything that they want to know about you for obvious reasons, we're entrusting you with these children who are in the care of the state. We're going to put them in your home under your stewardship. We're asking a lot of you. We need to know about you. So certainly there are going to be all kinds of questions about uh, religious beliefs. What, what is it you believe? What are these children getting into? So certainly the religious views of this couple were well-known ahead of time and obviously posed no barrier to them being looked after and cared for. In the court ruling this week, the bars were constantly promoting the children's well-being, operating with the children's best interest in mind, complied with all of the biological mother's requests. The court was more than satisfied that the Children's Aid Society's actions interfered substantially with the bar's religious beliefs. court noted that the social worker's arbitrary conduct effectively sought to compel the bars to express an opinion with regard to the Easter Bunny that was not their own. I mean, look, if the Easter Bunny is that important, then you better go ahead of time to every single foster family. Question one, the most important thing we got to know, 
This is going to end right here and now if we get the wrong answer. Where do you stand on the Easter Bunny? Can you mention how preposterous that would be? That shouldn't even be a question, unless it's something that the biological mother or father desires. If you got a situation where the kids have been removed from, from the biological mother or father because of an issue that's being dealt with, an issue of addiction, say, and the mother or father's getting themselves cleaned up, recognizes the importance of the kids being looked after, and says, look, you know, growing up, when I had the, the kids, when they were in my custody, and every year at, at Easter, I'd tell the kids about the Easter bunny, and we'd hide eggs, and it meant so much to them. I don't want them to lose that tradition. That would be a reasonable request. But that wasn't the case here. It was the Children's Aid Society just kind of randomly and arbitrarily deciding that this is the most important thing. And if you're not going to tell the kids about this Easter bunny thing, then, then what good are you as foster parents? So it's unfortunate that they've had to go through all of this. And it's been a few years of, oh, I'm sure, hell for them. Uh, but some vindication this week for them. Long overdue. All right, 403-974-8255. We will have some time for your calls coming up after 1 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about uh, what to expect as of tomorrow once the legislature resumes sitting. Got an independent MLA who's saying, hey, maybe MLA should take a pay cut until we have the budget balance. We got the government house leader, Brian Mason, saying, uh, we're going to give everybody a chance to show how much they love pipelines. Love the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Okay. <laughs> I, I think we know how that's going to go, but we'll, we'll talk about some of that. Also, what's the deal with this Bill Nye guy? Why was the prime minister sitting with him yesterday, almost pandering to him yesterday? Why does Bill Nye get treated as though he's a scientist? He calls himself the science guy. He's not a scientist. So we're going to talk about that. Tristan Hopper had a good piece today at the National Post. We'll hear from him coming up in a few minutes. A lot more still to get to this afternoon. But before we go any further, it is time now for Great Ideas. Brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.